Hello and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM on Pacific Radio and the author of the Planet Waves horoscope and a little bit besides that. I'm here today with uh, an edition that's going to go out with the April 13th Planet Waves and Planet Waves horoscope. Uh, I'm going to send it out on the 12th, but it is the late week edition. And this uh, program is designed to cover the eclipse pair uh, that begins in a few days with the uh, with a well, it's an annular total eclipse that takes place on Wednesday, the nineteenth, a little less than a week away from uh, the time that I'm recording, and then um, a lunar eclipse on May 5th on a Friday on Beltane or Cinco de Mayo. Uh, that is on the afternoon of, uh, of in here in the States, that would be Friday the, uh, the 5th because it's Cinco de Mayo it happens on the 5th. All right. So, um, this is uh, an unusual eclipse pair. Uh, one thing about the solar lunar eclipses of 2023 is that this pair in the spring, happens in Mars ruled signs and then there is a pair in the autumn that happens in Venus ruled signs uh, I, I have never noticed that pattern I'm sure it's happened lots of times before but I just haven't noticed it uh, so the way that works is there is an eclipse in Aries in the last degree of that sign on the 20th and then I guess that it's 20th Greenwich Mean Time. And then there's an eclipse uh, of the moon on the 5th, right at the middle of Scorpio, like right splat along the center line of the cross quarter, the uh, the, the Beltane Samhain cross quarter. So that's exciting. We get a, um, a, a full moon eclipse there. Uh, let's start with the one on the 19th and that well it's the again it's the it's showing up as the 19th that's uh, time zone thing uh 19th in uh the united states that's uh that's standard time so uh, whatever late late at night on the 19th uh early in the morning on the 20th depending on your time zone and what makes this eclipse interesting is that it takes place in the last degree of aries so I'm one of those people who notices when something's in the last degree of a sign. Many astrologers do. It is considered the anoretic degree, A-N-A-R-E-T-I-C, anoretic. It's not a word you'll find in any uh, conventional dictionary, though you'll probably find it in a good or old astrology dictionary. Somewhat controversial term in, in, uh, in contemporary usage. It is said to mean that the degree represents a kind of a critical degree, uh, there, there is a, uh, a a transformation in process, obviously symbolized by uh, being close to the line, the imaginary line between two signs, and generally g gets enhanced meaning when it comes to the endings of certain things. And so uh, generally, the time approaching the new moon is a wrap up, clean up, tidy up kind of a time. Uh, and then when you've got a new moon eclipse in the last degree of a sign that en emphasizes the the wrap it up, clean it up message. Now, what is um, 
Uh, exciting about this, or at least uh, noteworthy, I think, is uh, this 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 uh, is not this eclipse is not making a lot of aspects. It's kind of a a, a little bit out of the way, uh, but it, it is opposite a little known centaur called Elatus. You probably never heard of that one. The only reason I've heard of it is because um, when I was uh, first uh, working with Robert von Heeren, some of you know Robert or have heard of him, of the Centaur Research Project, when I was uh, living in Munich in 1998, um, there, there was a, a, I think, since lost centaur called 1994TA that was an Elatus candidate. Now, that name is given to another candidate. A lot of the centaurs are barely referenced in myth. There were lots of them, and some of them get a single line in a uh, in in the, in the mythology. You know, they were at a wedding, things got rough. Elatus has a cameo appearance in the uh, in in the myths of both Pholus and Chiron uh, because there's a fuss without getting into this. And and I did, you know, I remind I'm reminded that I did um uh, Melanie Reinhardt and I said we were going to do a, a, a program on the myths of Chiron, Nessus, and Pholus. I'm going to, I'm going to write to her when I'm done with this and ask her about that. But anyway, the, the, the story of the centaurs turns weird when Heracles turns up at the cave of Pholus and he wants some cooked meat and wine. And he persuades Pholus to roast meat, which is very tempting and to centaurs and makes them hungry and aggressive and they eat their meat raw usually. And then he, and then he persuades um, Pholus to open up a cask of ancestral wine going back three previous generations. So there's a melee that occurs because uh, the, the centaurs smell the wine and the cooking meat and thousands of them show up. And they get into a battle with Heracles, who's this celebrity guest I'm sure Pholus didn't get that many visitors in his uh, cave. Cave of Dionysus, by the way, which was inherited by Pholus with the wine. And Elatus leads the battle to Chiron's cave, leading to the infamous injury of Chiron. And so Elatus is a kind of a, a misleader. His theory was that if he led the centaurs to if he led the battle to his to Heracles' teacher's cave, Chiron was the teacher of Heracles, that that everybody would calm down. Didn't didn't work. The battle raged on, and so with this degree in the in with this eclipse in the last degree of uh, of of Aries and a centaur with this kind of leading misleading uh, energy in, in its myth in the last degree of Libra. My suggestion, and you'll see this running through uh, the weekly interpretations in, in various ways, is to um, not be misled. In other words, lead yourself. Make your own decisions. Um, pay attention to who is striving to lead you or to uh, you know, say, oh, here's, uh, here's something I think you should do. Uh, why don't we all do this? If you're going to do it, Okay, that's one thing, but I would suggest not doing it because that person said so, and then all those other people are going along with it. So, uh, you know, as Bob Dylan said, "Don't follow leaders and watch your parking meters." Uh, so that's going on. So that that's in there in the um, 
in in the story. Now there is um, uh, an interesting uh, conjunction going on in the very last degree of Gemini sextile the eclipse, and the way that I work, and I've 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 posted something from the Serenu.com website below. That's a, a list of all the eclipses that happened in 2023. And when I've got a chart, any chart really, I will uh, I will cast the chart on Serenu. I'll look at it in a 90 degree format. So I can see everything that is um, in a certain degree range. Uh, and then I make up the aspect. So I, I use different planets in every chart. Sometimes I will use uh, the same planet in several charts. There are some that I almost always or often put in, some that just get put in for special occasions. And in the case of uh, this conjunction in the last degree of Gemini, that is the trans-Neptunian point Chaos, named for the foundational Greek goddess of the firmament, of the, the, the ultimate yin of them all, uh, which is the heavens. And then the asteroid Urania. Urania is about inventions and science. And so there's a message here uh, that there's kind of a like a late stage breakthrough that comes from an origin that is not necessarily or doesn't seem like well-ordered thought. Right? We have this idea that, you know, everything has to be <clears throat> perfectly in order and uh, and all that. And, and actually, most discoveries come from some kind of a mishap. Uh, the telephone was initially discovered when uh, Alexander Graham Bell spilled acid on thing, and the first words spoken over the telephone were, Mr. Watson, come quickly. That was his lab assistant uh, because he spilled acid. And, and Mr. Watson said, Alex, Mr. Bell, I could hear you. Let's found the Bell Telephone Company. Okay, so uh, that that is there. And that is a reminder uh, that there may be some form of a breakthrough that seems very late in the development of something but it is a breakthrough, no less. These breakthroughs can save a huge amount of time um, and uh, and kind of set you forward in many different ways. So that's mostly what I see going on in the very late degrees of science. If you know something else, maybe put it into the comments. A few other, a few other bits in this chart. Um, all, all of them a, a little, a little wee bit esoteric, because um, why not? You can read about all the, the conventional planets from. Uh, other people who might misinterpret them. Okay, so here's one. The planet Mars is approaching the midpoint of Cancer, and it is going to be conjunct for this eclipse new moon, a point called Kronos. Now, I'm among uh, the last remaining weirdos who work with these things called the TNPs, the Trans-Neptunian Points, eight hypothetical planets um, developed uh, late 18th Late nineteenth, early twentieth centuries. I'd love, I'd love if, if there's any Uranian astrologers out there who have a book on the uh, history of Uranian astrology. You know, I know one fabulous remaining uh, Uranian astrologer, Madeline Hillis Zanin, at um, at uh, the company that makes uh, what is the main program anyway. The the main really good PC program for which one is coming out for Mac, we are told they're having a hard time finding programmer 
astrologers. All right, so uh, anyway, Mars is conjunct Kronos. Kronos is about VIPs. That is interesting. And Mars rep- often represents some kind of a fall or assault on uh, on on VIPs. We don't really well. Let, let's see if we can find something that shows up in the Rita of the news and and all that that uh, that that looks like something like that it may happen, may not happen, but it's there. It's a close conjunction, a very close conjunction, about about a, less than a third of a degree. Mars conjunct the non-existent, hypothetical, make-believe planet Kronos. Okay. Meanwhile, Mars is square. Chiron. So it's Mars and Cancer square Chiron in Aries. Uh, you may have read some of my interpretations in the monthly horoscope uh, of, of things like there's such a thing as too much integrity. So the thing with Mars square Chiron is that it can represent very high integrity on one level, but then it can represent a little too much integrity. It can represent a kind of a um, a stiffness, a, a kind of an inflexibility, and the uh, the aspect can be triggered in a negative sense by desire, because desire can seem like, well, you know, I I want that. That's maybe that's bad, uh, or I I I want to be good, right? There's there's a lot of uh, moralism often with this thing, and it uh, and it can disguise itself as like cool and all that, but. Uh, ultimately, uh, there there is a rigidity associated with moralism here. Okay, so what else have we got? Uh, that's Mars square Chiron. So we'll watch that develop. That uh, that develops. Uh, that's going to be like uh, maybe it's going to take another week after uh, this uh, to, uh, to to take shape. Mars is still moving kind of slowly, coming up to full speed after that long agonizing retrograde in Gemini. Next, um, let's see. Ah. One definite juicy one. So Jupiter has been in Aries. Um, it spent part of last year in Aries and spending part of this year, or most of, well, most of the year till May, or all of the year till May, in Aries. Um, and so there, therefore, that meant that it made a conjunction to Chiron a couple of weeks ago. And now it is approaching a conjunction to Eris in late Aries. So uh, Eris also uh, is is about the the chaos factor, but unlike the uh, the 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 trans-Neptunian object, the creation goddess chaos, which is a Kuiper object, the um, the another kind of far 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 out Kuiper object, Eris is more about toxic chaos and also uh it is much more aggressive than than the uh than, than the greek goddess chaos but it's it's chaotic in that toxic sense and it is also i would say what you might call an identity toxin it it manifests in ways uh that fragment us so it has a kind of a postmodern quality uh doesn't matter what order the story is in or how many identities you may have or so forth and so on and so um the it will be interesting to see what happens with this uh, conjunction of jupiter uh conjunct eris in aries i believe this has only happened once before since the discovery of eris maybe not even eris was discovered in 2005 so there would be 
2012 would be one Jupiter cycle, and, and now um, we're... Uh, so it's probably the second time this has happened. Uh, also of note, uh, we're about to enter into a Mercury retrograde. So this is an interesting Mercury retrograde. Mercury, and I'll wrap up on this point. Mercury's in Taurus. If you look at the chart, it looks like it's about to make a conjunction to Uranus, but it's going to station retrograde before that. So there's a, there's like, um, you have Mercury and Uranus kind of sniffing each other. And I think that a planet like Uranus has a kind of an emanation. Uh, this is only, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a degree. I, I don't have those charts anymore, do I? Well, maybe I've got them here. I'm in this awkward stage where my operating systems have exceeded the ability of my astrology software uh, to, to maintain it. So um, I've got to kind of keep a laptop near me, and I forgot to do that. But anyway, this station's retrograde prior to the conjunction, but it exact conjunction, but it is a conjunction no less. And so there is this kind of magnetism between Mercury and Uranus that prolongs the conjunction. It's really going to hold for a while. I think this is very positive if you are an idea person, because there's going to be this prolonged period of, of these kind of poles of this psychic magnet, the this kind of transmitter, Uranus, and this kind of receiver, Mercury, hanging out in a very close degree range uh, there for a while. So uh, that's that. Now, I haven't got done too much about the Beltane lunar eclipse. There's still time to talk about that. But here, here is that. That is, that is right on the cross quarter. Um, we're, we're in a phase now where we have uh, lunations happening at the very beginning of a sign or the very end of a sign and right in the very middle of a sign. So that, 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 is, uh, that is cautionary. I, I think that um, we're in a moment of calm right now, but I think the next big shakeup we're, we're going to um, experience is some kind of an economic shakeup, and we, we really don't want that. Uh, though uh, an, an, an eclipse right in the middle of the Taurus-Scorpio axis is uh, you know, putting everyone on kind of uh, earthquake warning. All right, that all said, um, for those of you listening who may not be Planet Waves customers, I have all kinds of really beautiful, useful, helpful astrology products that are far, that I charge far less than they're actually worth. Uh, one of them coming up is the Taurus Astrology Studio. Uh, that I'll be doing that next week. And then there is also Aries Astrology Studio. These are all available on the website at planetwaves.net. If you go to the get a reading tab on the upper right. Um, I know there's a lot of tabs up there, but one says get a reading and you go to that and you'll see there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff. And um, if, if you like my kind of discuss, quote unquote general discussions that are not, you know, specifically for a sign or a rising sign, you will love the readings that are for a sign or a rising sign. They've got a wonderful therapeutic quality to them and um, I do my best to create a space of sanctuary and include original music. Um, please do subscribe to Planet Waves if you've been thinking about it for years and just wish you had done it in the past. Well, now's a good time to uh, to do it. All right, uh, that is what I have to say to you today. Uh, look for a mailing at around 6 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow with the new horoscope and an article by me about these eclipses and Mercury retrograde. Thank you for listening for your time, your business, and most of all, your trust. Signing off from Kingston, New York at 613 on the evening of Wednesday, April 12th.
Bye for now.